Welcome to episode number 21 of the Marine Layer Podcast with TJ Matthewson and Lyle Goldstein. On today's pod, a bonus episode. It's our season predictions episode. We have some Vegas odds. We have some fan graphs projections for the Mariners for 2023. We'll take a look at those, see if anything sticks out, overs, unders, uh, however else you want to look at the 2023 season. We'll give our predictions for how we think it will roll out. That's all we got. So let's get it rolling. Amy, welcome you into this episode of the Marine Layer Podcast on Wednesday, March 22nd. When this episode comes out on Friday the 24th, the regular season opener will be less than a week away, which also means emotion-free takes and analysis on this podcast will also be 100% gone. Be prepared. You see, we've been sitting here all calm and stoic all offseason, breaking things down from an analytical standpoint. When this season gets going, like there will still be some of that, but you'll probably see more emotion from us be poured into this pod on a weekly basis. I mean, for our listeners, you should see some of the texts that TJ and I will send back and forth to each other over the course of a season. I'm trying to think. We've almost started our own two-person code and language over text during these Mariners games and nothing more I can think of than either when there's an injury or somebody gives up a nuke of a home run and one of us will just send about 10 periods dot 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 in a text to each other and and we both know what it means it's it's Morse code exactly it's it's what if you had to think what would an episode have sounded like on let's say like June 17th 2022 i mean i i i probably would have cussed a lot right around (laughs) i think the mariners were were trending towards i think that was right before they lost what four or five at home to the angels and fell 20 or sit um and fell i forgot how under under 510 they had their worst record of the season on june 20th last year before you know, going on that, going on the twenty-two of twenty-five, and 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 putting that all behind them. But I just just prepare yourselves. I remember April especially, right? I think April is a time for a lot of a lot of hot takes, to say the least. There were there were some. There were there were some. I, I can very remember specifically one week thinking the Mariners' offense last year was going to be a top five unit in baseball. To then the next two weeks after that in April, where they they couldn't score a run. Um, it you know it it depends. Let, let's just let's just say things might get off the rails. They might, they might. But hey, fans' perspective—that's what we bring. Yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, if we've been talking last June, we'd be talking about how the season was destroyed. So thank God we started it in the off season. I know a L- little more stoic. The only thing that really gets us riled up is is spending. But I think that's uh, that's the case for everyone. Let's look at these numbers, Lyle, for our preseason predictions. I want to start right off the top with the one that everyone is most concerned with. DraftKings has the Mariners over under win total at 87 and a half. A little bit higher than their number from last year, which I do not remember off the top of my head. But 87 and a half after two consecutive 90 win seasons is what DraftKings sets the Mariners number at. I know what I'm, I would pick for this number, but Lyle, what would you say looking ahead to this 2023 season. 
Okay, so we're going right to the projected win total. I would have to think this is over, right? I mean, the last two years, they've won 90 games. The 2021 roster was not as good as the 2022 roster. And I would say the 2022 roster is almost certainly not as good as the 2023 roster. So, look, you can't project injuries. We don't know if the starters will stay healthy all year. But just looking at the team on paper, it feels like they should absolutely be over 87 and a half wins. I'm with you on this. It, I think it's a pretty easy over. Even if they're not quite as healthy, it, like the roster's better, right? The, the Mariners got to 90 wins last year, not only because their roster is better than 21, but because they had the best health of any starting rotation in baseball, which will not repeat itself this year. There will be a Mariners starter that misses uh, that misses a start with an injury. Uh, no odds on that. I would have hammered that if that was an option, but DraftKings does not make that an option. Regardless, though, the Mariners, even with the balance schedule, they are going to win over 87 and a half games. I would be very floored if they're not they're, They don't win 87 and a half games this year. So I guess that's a easy, a quick, easy thought. I mean, if you want to hear our thoughts on why that, I mean, just go listen to literally every other episode we've done. So I think we uh, we do a pretty good job of breaking it down. And this is just uh, this is just our predictions uh, here. So uh, another thing to that, Lyle, I mean, adding on. They're minus 150 to make the playoffs. That means betting 150 to win 100 to to make the playoffs, which is a favorable number, which means DraftKings thinks, yes, the Mariners will be making the playoffs again this year. I agree. And you could probably say in two seconds that, yes, you agree too. I would agree. There's going to be six playoff spots. You would have to think the Mariners can grab one of them, whether it's the division or not. We'll get to that in a minute. But they should absolutely be one of the six best teams in the American League. Oh, glad DraftKings agrees with us. Uh, winning the division plus 320. They are second behind Houston, who's minus 175 to win the American League West. Bit of a tall task. Yeah, this one is where it gets not even tricky, but just a little more uphill. My money's on no. Look, Houston lost Verlander. They still added Jose Abreu. They're still going to be a really, really good team. Probably the best team in baseball. You never know, but if I had to put my money somewhere it would be on the Astros to win the division. 16 games is a lot to make up. Jerry DePoto, if we had him on here, would say, well, you know, it was 16 games, but you look at this here and you look at this there and you look at all this and these factors, and it really wasn't like 16 games. But in reality, the Mariners, even with luck factor and health factor for both teams, will probably not gain 16 games on the Astros. That's a that's a pretty tall task asking them. And it's a pretty big gap between plus three twenty and minus one seventy-five. So DraftKings and all the all the people in Vegas who build those nice big hotels make a lot of money. Understand that the Astros are all, probably with about ninety-five percent certainty winning the American League West this year. I would I would be really floored if anybody besides Houston wins the American League West. I don't know if people think that's a hot take. It's it's not a hot take. So I, I'm not meaning it to be a hot take. That's that's that that is what will probably happen. A couple other more long shots, Lyle, that we could really just dream of. Plus 900 to win the American League. Plus 1900 to win the World Series. It's just it's steep, right? We're not a we're. I, I don't think either of us are gonna are gonna say in this episode the Mariners are winning the World Series this year because I think we're a little little more a uh, little more resolved than than that. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it, but 
seems like some tall odds. I mean, just counting the odds here, there's what, two, four, six, eight, nine. They'd be they'd be like tied for 10th in odds to win the World Series. So it's not impossible. And you never know what can happen in October. But again, if you're just going off early season projections and where you want to kind of spend your money toward, feels like a tall task. And you can always cook up a scenario where it's like, well, if the Mariners did this and matched up with this and pitched this guy and ran their bullpen like this and the lineup hit like this. And well, yeah, we could, you could probably cook your way into the world series, but as we see the team right now, have not seen them play this 2023 team play in real live games together that matter. Spring training does not count real live games that matter. I don't think we can make that assumption uh, here on this, uh, on this episode of the podcast. So I guess to wrap all this, you know, win stuff up, Lyle, what is your projection of of what the Mariners do this year win wise and and where they would end up? People can hold me to this because again, it's probably going to be wrong. I wouldn't say my early season projections are usually really good. Uh, last year, I thought the Yankees might miss the playoffs, and they did not. I'm going to say they'll win 93 games, finish second in the AL West, and lose either in the ALDS again, or the ALCS. I'll go a little bit below you. I'm going to say 91 and 71. Uh, probably grab the first wild card, host a series, uh, host a wild card series, losing the division series again, uh, probably to Houston. So, Let me just say this. Do I think there's a real world this year where the Mariners could be the second best team in the American League? Yeah, I do. Behind the Astros. I mean, the Yankees are already already pretty banged up. The Blue Jays, I mean, are good, but the Mariners beat them last year. I think there's a world the Mariners can be the second best team in the AL. But again, everything runs through Houston. That's going to make or break it. And if you can't beat Houston, especially down the stretch of the season, we saw in the second half of the season, I mean, you put the two teams on the same fields and Houston won 9 of 10, right, from all-star break on against the M's. Is that the right number? I think so. I mean, that sounds about right. And then obviously went three and zero in the divisional series. I mean, they are they are a tough. Oh, that out. that was including yeah. the divisional series. Oh, then yeah, that does sound right. I mean, we've seen it. I mean, you you see it when you watch these games live. Like I always say, it playing against the Astros, trying to beat them in one game, legitimately feels like climbing Mount Everest. Like every single out you have to earn to get feels like the hardest out you've ever worked for. That's how good they are. So 93 wins for you, 91 for me. I think that's where we're set at, which I think is, I think, a pretty reasonable expectation. Again, I think the Mariners roster is better, which could shoot them over the 90 wins they had the last two years, but in a little bit of injury regression could bring them back a little bit. And you might see some starts from a guy who's not scheduled to start. Again, the Mariners did not have a single starter who was scheduled to start miss a single start last year. That is almost unheard of, and that's going to that's gonna change. And that's one of the biggest factors in terms of 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 win uh, of it of a of a win total swinging for for a team as the season goes yeah and and the good news is they do have some more depth this year between flexen side note don't trade them bryce miller a couple other minor leaguers so that'll be good but yeah those guys may be relied upon okay moving on here over to some of the player projections these are kind of fun and i've got one that i'm really kind of eyeing at here they have Julio at 30 and a half home runs here in 2023. 
Where are you feeling on that regard? That's tough. I'm gonna have to go. Um, I'm gonna go under. That's that's. Are you really? That is a tall task. Yeah, I'll. I'll you can mark me down as under. Yeah, I don't call me a hater, but I I feel like he just might get pitched. People are gonna start respecting enough to pitch around him. I think. So and this is not me hating on Julio. He's he's projected for five and a half wins this year, which is incredible. Um, but thirty, it's a lot. It's a lot of homers. Maybe and if Manfred deadens the baseball more this year, like, like his little his little gremlins behind the scenes, like do everything possible to make it impossible to hit home runs. If he hits twenty nine, like I'll, I'll be right, and I'd still say, man, that's a really good season. How he gets pitched is a fair take to have on this. So, yeah, I mean, he may get way, way more respect and guys may pitch around him more. So that's something to take into account. And, yeah, nobody can predict what Rob Manfred's going to do behind the scenes. I mean, good luck. I guess my theory on it and the reason I'm going to go over here is Julio played 132 games last year. He hit 28 balls over the fence. I feel like if he plays 150 to 155 and stays healthy this year, feel like another two are in the cards, especially considering he basically didn't hit a home run until the month of May. I, 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 like, if it's up to me, I'm, I'm going over. Okay, that's like that's a fair assumption. I do have one, an over-under total I like a little bit better than Julio's home run total, which seems about where he will be this year, like within the margin of error. Do you know one that I think is kind of absurd, uh, given he stays healthy? Robbie Ray's strikeout total is 205 and a half. Um, take your mortgage and put it on that. And you're you're done. You're good. You're in the clear. And you're going over. Yo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is what Robbie Ray does best. He strikes guys out. And especially with this new splitter, you'd have to think some more are going to accrue for him. So... I'm with you. I'm going over on Robbie Ray strikeouts as long as he's healthy. I, I just don't I don't see a world where Robbie Ray pitches 170 innings and doesn't strike out over 206 batters. I that that does not compute how he wouldn't do that. I mean, last year had an off year and and struck out more guys than that. I mean, you're just asking for him to go out there every fifth day and start uh, I don't know, twenty-eight games. I mean, even in his bad years, Robbie Ray uh, if I can, you know, find his season by season strikeouts, which Fangraphs loves to throw their numbers all over the place. I mean, look at I got this. It an up. off year last year. I got it. I mean, 212, 248, 235, 218, 218 in seasons. He has pitched uh, a full healthy season and has started at least 28 games. He's eclipsed that mark every time. I'm banking Robbie Ray to start 28 games for the Mariners this year. So I'm also banking on him to go over. And oh, by the way, he's been, his velocity has been up in spring training too, which bodes very well for his fastball and, and getting strikeouts. Yeah, let's remember this guy entering 2022 had the highest K per nine in the history of baseball. I mean, even now it's come down a little bit and he doesn't hold it anymore, but this guy's averaged 11 strikeouts per nine over his career. He should absolutely hit 206 or more if he's healthy. Okay, another total I like on here Luis Castillo strikeout odds. He's got they've got him at 190 and a half for 2023. This probably feels around the ballpark he's in, but where do you lean on this one? This one is really tough. I'll 
Given he's healthy, I'll, I'm going to probably go over, but it is this is actually within the margin of error, unlike Robbie Ray. I don't I don't think Robbie Ray's really within the margin of error. I think this is right smack on for Luis, because Luis has the strikeout stuff, but doesn't necessarily always get the strikeouts as the as this course of a game goes along. So I'll, I'll lean over because I'm high on Luis's stuff, but I'm not not put my mortgage on this one. That's probably where I stand. I'm going to go the slide over. Just what he's done with his fastball over the last year, which we've talked about so much over the last few weeks. I like. I just don't get it. I don't get how it's improved that much, but it has. It's right on paper, right in front of you. It has. And if that sustains into 2023 and his changeup gets any better than it did last year, because usually that's his best pitch. So if that returns to form a little bit, I feel like he should go over as long as he's healthy. Probably because then you're 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 saying two two plus strikeout pitches, and that uh, usually leans over over 200 strikeouts. And even again, even pitching 170 innings, that's like that's a slightly above average strikeout rate nowadays for that. So that that yeah, works that's out. Probably, that's probably right. Okay, Here, here's MVP. some more things. Go ahead. Oh. You were going to segue. We were segueing to the same thing. Another thing that might be worth a full time investment. I don't think this would be it for me, judging what I said about his home run total. But MVP odds, Julio is plus seven hundred uh, for MVP this year. Wow, what do you think about that? Just for people's perspective, look at how Vegas and just third parties are viewing him all of a sudden. Here are the guys that have better MVP odds than Julio, who's 22 years old, entering 2023. Aaron Judge, the reigning winner. Shohei Otani, the best player in the world. And last but not least, Mike Trout, maybe the best player of this generation. Those are the three guys that are above Julio. I don't think he wins it in 2022, but if you wanted to take somebody that wasn't the main three, I mean, plus 700 are decent odds. So. Honestly, I wish Julio was a little bit lower. If he was like seventh or eighth, that might be worth a bet. Yeah, that would be a little bit better value per se. The only problem is he's not beating a healthy Shohei in an MVP race. Even if um, even if the Mariners win like 98 games and Julio hits 45 home runs, if Shohei plays full-time as a pitcher and a hitter again this year before he hits free agency, he's winning it. Like it doesn't matter if the Angels win 79 games again. He's he's winning MVP, which doesn't lead me to put real cash down on Julio's future MVP value. But they, I mean it, it is a thought. It, and it would make me feel a lot better about Julio's chances of winning an MVP if Shohei left the American League. Here's how I look at AL MVP voting or just Shohei Otani MVP voting for the rest of his prime going forward. And and tell me if I'm off on this, but this is basically how I view it. Every single year, Otani's basically got the MVP in his hands unless somebody does something ridiculous enough to snatch it away from him, like Aaron Judge hitting 62 home runs and breaking records. Other than that, I think it's Otani's just about every year. Or voter fatigue. I mean, we see it in the NBA all the time with, with voter fatigue, but I don't, we don't know quite to the level of voter fatigue that baseball writers have. It hasn't been... We haven't had an example like a LeBron James to have voter fatigue on in Major League Baseball. It's really kind of bounced around. And when Mike Trout has been healthy for a full season, it's usually been him. 
So that would be the closest example, but that's uh, that's something we'll uh, we'll have to see as we go down the line. Yeah, agreed. Okay, Cy Young odds here. AL Cy Young odds. Here are where the Mariners stand. Robbie Ray actually has the best odds of any of the five in the rotation at plus 1,600. Luis Castillo is plus 1,700. Logan Gilbert's plus 1,800. George Kirby's plus 5,000. I've got one on this list that jumps off the page to me, but I'll throw it to you first. Well, I know I know what yours is, so I'll just say it. I'll say it, and you can add on behind me. George Kirby at plus 5,000, I think is pretty absurd. I think it's just because they're low on his innings, to be honest. If you go look at fan graphs, they have George Kirby projected for in the ballpark of 130 innings this year, which does not win you the sign young. However, if George Kirby pitches 180 innings, pitches 50 more innings than that, that plus 5,000 value is incredible for George Kirby because he's probably he's probably have a better chance to to win Cy Young than at least Gil, at very least Logan Gilbert in front of him. Nothing against Logan at plus 1,800. But Kirby at plus 5,000 to Gilbert at plus 1,800 is kind of silly, to be honest. You compare the two and their their repertoires. So at the very least, Kirby's in front of that. Uh, the other, Otherwise, I mean... It's kind of hard for me to to would be actually to actually be confident in Robbie Ray or Luis Castillo to win the Cy Young. I mean, the way I look at it, are any of these guys going to be better than Garrett Cole, Jacob Degrom, Shohei Otani, Dylan Cease, Carlos Rodon, Shane Bieber, or Shane McClanahan? I mean, if every single thing clicks for Castillo, I guess there's an outside outside shot. But obviously, first answer is probably not. Right. So, so that's how I think about it. When Robbie Ray won his Cy Young, it was a very down year for those, you know, headline guys. I mean, Shohei wasn't in the Cy Young conversation. It was essentially him and Garrett Cole. Uh, and Ray had the, the the edge on him in the final month of the season, and that really pushed it over the edge. I, it would take a, a Robbie Ray performance kind of like that in his, uh, in his 2021 season to even sniff it. But even, I don't even know if, Say Robbie Ray puts up that exact season he did had in twenty twenty one this year in twenty twenty three. I don't. I, st- I don't think that wins the Cy Young over over a Garrett Cole. I don't think it would win it over a Shohei. Uh, I don't think it would if Degrom's healthy. I don't think it would win it over Jacob Degrom. I mean, Dylan Cease this year arguably had a better season um, than Robbie Ray did in in twenty one. So. There's a lot. There's a lot of factors there, and it's not because the Mariners' pitch aren't aren't good enough. I just think the American League has some very, very, very good pitchers. That's about right. The one I was looking at, you said it. George Kirby at plus five thousand odds. I mean, we talked to Jason Churchill, which that interview is going to air this upcoming Wednesday, and we talked about George Kirby for a bit, and he was calling him modern day Greg Maddox if everything clicks. I mean. Greg Maddox is one of the best pitchers of all time. And I'm not saying that's going to click in year two for Kirby. I'm not saying it's not either. So if it does, plus 5,000 odds for a guy that throws 100 miles an hour, doesn't walk anybody, and has like six to seven pitches, feels like feels like a decent bet, especially for like five bucks. Yeah, if you have five bucks and you're a true degenerate, then go ahead. So I think that does it for our... That that does it for our DraftKings projections. I try. I was hoping there was some more, Lyle, but there's really the DraftKings only does so much. They highlight a couple guys from each team usually in all of these, um, in all of these rankings. So 
now we have to go on to our projections and see what fan graphs and the zips projections thinks of the Mariners uh, in 2023. There's a lot of really interesting things here, Lyle. Let's start off with the the wins above replacement leaders. Should we? Uh, should we? Yeah, we'll start off with that. I mean, they have Julio five and a half wins this year. The thing that stuck out to me the most in wins above replacement, they think JP Crawford's going to be the third most valuable position player on the team and have over three wins above replacement this year. So they're banking on his defense going back up and they're banking on Colton Wong's defense going back up too, because Wong is fifth at 2.7. So look, you can rack up a lot of war defensively. And if those guys are going to do it with the glove, they'll do it with the glove. But yeah, like Teoscar doesn't play great defense, right? Which is why his projected war is a little bit lower. The one that stood out to me is Cal at three wins. I mean, he put up four last year, only hit like 210. He's going to get some help from the help from the shift going away. He feels like he should be higher than that. that. That's the one of those five that stood out to me was Cal Raleigh at three wins. I bet you he goes over. It just seems like they're not as high in his power this year, as you can see. If there's anything you want to take over in zips, uh, we'll get to Eugenio Suarez here in a second, but they project Cal Raleigh for 22 home runs this season. Uh, I mean, he struck out nearly 30% of the time last year and essentially stunk until June and still managed to to hit, uh, still managed to lead the Mariners in home runs last year. So I, I would say there's a pretty good chance Cal Raleigh hits over 22 home runs this year. Yeah, I'm with you. Or, well... He, he led catchers, right? He led Mariners catchers. Or no, sorry, MLB catchers in home runs because Julio hit 28 and Raleigh right, hit I was, 27. I was, I was blanking on the number. I'll, I'm going to click over to it here in a second. <laughs> yeah, so so Raleigh led MLB catchers in home runs last year. And if he hits 22 right. home runs next year, that's a, I mean this year, that's a good year. But yeah, I would probably take the over on that. Um, right. Okay. They, they project him. They, what, what's the projection? If I'm at 117 games this year on, on steamer or on zips, they have him at 117 games and 22 home runs and 119 games last year. He had 27 with a 29% strikeout rate. See, he cuts down on that strikeout rate mm, 2% and plays just as many games. You're not telling me he's gonna, he's gonna, he's not going to eclipse 27 home runs. Yeah, he should. I mean, I guess you can't ever project for sure. Like, you never know. You can't say it definitively this second. But, yeah, I would think he goes over 22 home runs. And, again, he was still, like, one of the team leaders last year between Julio hitting 28 and Suarez hitting 31. Like, those guys all have real power. And, and there's, I mean, there's a chance Raleigh could lead the club in home runs this year. So, yeah, if it, if it was up to me, I'm going over on his home runs. He plays good defense. I'm going over on the three wins. But... Next category here, WRC plus leaders for the Mariners. Okay, we'll start to rip through some of these categories here a little bit more quickly. Uh, Julio is projected to lead the Mariners at 137. Ty France is 128. Tay Oscar's 123. Dylan Moore's 113. Colton Wong, 110. Are there any of those that stood out particularly in your eyes? They're pretty high on Colton Wong, to be honest. I mean, so they have him, if we're taking a look at the leaderboards, they have Colton Wong... Uh, up near the top in in WRC plus and wins above replacement, right? I don't even know if we highlighted him really in that top five. They have him top five on the M's this year, uh, this upcoming season, wins above replacement and WRC plus. That's a good thing for the Mariners. If if he actually plays up to his projections by zips, then 
I think Mariners fans would be very happy, especially with this injury to Dylan Moore, then he'll miss time uh, when, when opening day rolls around next week. Three of the last four years, Colton Wong has put up a WRC plus of 109 or better. I know he doesn't have a ton of home run power, but he does produce offensively. So I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he was fifth or sixth on the team and weighted runs created plus. I guess the one that stood out in my mind, or not stood out, but just looking at Ty France, because so 128, right, which is right about where he's been each of the last two years. And I, it's just so hard for me to predict which Ty France we're going to get. And maybe it's the Ty France that puts up around a 125 to 130 WRC plus again. But I just wonder, could we see a full season of Ty France of what we got from the first half of 2022? Or are we going to see more of Ty France in terms of what we got in the second half of 2022, where he was really out of his approach and missing a lot of pitches? So I don't really know where that's going to land. I think that's more of a safe guess from Fangraphs. I mean, they're they're guessing that it might it's probably gonna be a similar trajectory for him. But don't be fooled. I mean, there's upside in Ty France's bat this year to go like 140 in that category, which would be incredible for the Mariners if they could get a 140 out of him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that would that would be the difference maker in the world. I mean, if he's second on the team behind Julio and there's two guys with 140 WRC pluses or better. And then Teoscar's not far behind or Cal's not far behind. Again, this lineup could get deeper this year. And we've talked about it a lot over the course of the offseason. So stolen bases isn't a category where the M's have exactly thrived, especially last season. Their projections are a little low, which is to be expected. Uh, Julio's projected 27, Dylan Moore 20, Sam Haggerty 19, Colton Wong 14. Uh, I guess I'll, same thing here. What, what are you looking at among the M's guys in terms of stolen bases? Well, I don't know if Dylan Moore is getting 20 now that he's going to miss time. And it's it's so hard to look at uh, to really judge this because there's one full-time player on this list in top five. It's Julio, and he's going to lead it, right? <laughs> so it, 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 this is kind of like a, oh, well, duh list uh, when when you really think about it. I guess I'll kind of answer a question with a question because – Julio is the one that stood out to me the most on this list, just in terms of how much are they going to let him steal? Are they going to kind of reel it back this year to try to avoid injuries and not let him slide head first a bunch? And maybe we see him steal 15 bases. I would say probably 20 bases is a, is a good mark for Julio. I mean, he has the speed to steal 40 if he wants, but I think I would say, but I would set the base at like 20. That's what I, that's what I pretty confidently say. It's not like they're not going to let him steal but they are going to be able to just a little more cautious. That's probably right. Okay, pitcher war, next category. Luis Castillo has the highest projection, 3.5. George Kirby's at 2.5. Logan Gilbert's at 2.3. Robbie Ray at 1.6. Bryce Miller at 1.5. Those are your top five Mariners pitcher war projections. DraftKings a little bit higher on Robbie Ray than Fangraphs is. So... You know, I'd be kind of disappointed if Robbie Ray came out and had a 1.6 wins above replacement this year, especially for how good he's looked in spring and how we think he's really set in and become comfortable with the Mariners. Otherwise, I mean, this is probably right in the ballpark. You really, to, to be a high war pitcher, I mean, you really, really need to be good. So they kind of just have middling predictions for George Kirby and Logan Gilbert. Uh, I can't too confidently say Gilbert will jump that mark. And again, on Kirby's innings, the fan graphs is pretty low on Kirby's innings, so it's that one you can just shrug at. But Bryce Miller at one and a half, I mean, they think he'll be at least a, 
uh, an above replacement level pitcher when he comes into the majors, depending on how much he pitches uh, in in the bigs, that is yet to be seen. Uh, Zips projects him. I don't have pitchers pulled up. I have hitters. We'll click the pitchers button. And Bryce Miller is, they have him, I think, a little bit over 100 innings this year, but I'll get you that actual number here in a second when it loads. Okay, while you're looking that up, while you're looking that up. innings. 119 for Bryce. And so. It's just a matter of where he gets the innings because there's a chance he just comes up this year and pitches out of the bullpen. The way he gets those innings and accrues that type of war is either if there's an injury or if the Mariners get sick of Marco Gonzalez, which, I mean, either are possible. And Bryce Miller may find his way into the rotation at some point this year. Also, if he found his way into the rotation and accrued a one and a half war as a rookie, that'd mean he had a really good rookie year. So that one jumped off the page to me. I guess I have my questions about where that war stems from. But, hey, don't let me hold him back. If he's going to be another Mariner's arm that comes up and dominates this year for the third year in a row between having a Logan Gilbert in 21, a George Kirby in 22, and Bryce Miller in 23... Look, sign me right up. Okay. Overall, for, oh, okay. I'll say just one last note here on Bryce Miller. Um, so they have him tabbed for like a 3.83 ERA, 119 innings. Uh, they don't have this. This is, I will say the Fangraphs uh, outlook is a little, just a slightly bit clunky. They, they, I wish there were more numbers here on, on one tab. So they have Bryce Miller at 113 strikeouts. In 119 innings, I I would say if he comes up, it'll probably be a little higher than that. Strikeout totals. Robbie Ray leads it at 195. Castillo projected 177. Gilbert 164. Kirby 132. Is there anything? I mean, we're kind of rolling through these now, and we've talked about a lot of these guys in depth already. I mean, is it safe to say Robbie should be the team leader in strikeouts? Yeah, I mean, that looks right. I mean, you can correlate it out to, to innings projections, as we've said. But overall, I mean, that looks right. Uh, I would bump Kirby up maybe a little bit. But again, that's just tied to his innings. Let's just tie in innings here to this segment, too, because we're talking about projected strikeouts. The projected innings is it has Logan Gilbert leading at just under 175, Castillo just under 172, Robbie Ray just under 168, Marco 155 and two thirds and Kirby 136 and two thirds. Yeah. So to that ratio, Ray doesn't throw the most innings, but 167 innings probably still means about 25 to 28 starts. And like you said earlier, if he makes that many starts, he should strike out 205 or more guys. They have Robbie Ray tagged for 29 starts this year. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, Right, that's right. That's right in the ballpark. But they haven't given up twenty nine home runs, so that's probably where the 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 wins above replacement gets uh gets a little dropped. Well, that is kind of his hamstring. He strikes a lot of guys out, but sometimes he gives up hard contact, and we'll see if that comes down at all this year. ERA. Now, this is including everybody, starters and relievers. Andres Munoz is projected to lead the team at two eighty. Luis Castillo at 299, Diego Castillo at 349, Kirby at 356, Brash at 363, Gilbert at 366. So this might give us a chance to talk about a couple of the reliever projections here. Diego Castillo, very, very interesting. We said we were still a little bit skeptical of Diego in our reliever preview, but Fangraphs taps him to having a pretty decent reliever season. I don't know, a three and a half ERA for a reliever is, eh. It's okay. 
But in terms of these projections, I mean, he's top three on the M's, so that's uh, that's a that's a good thing for D- uh, for Diego Castillo. And then Matt Brash, that's again probably where he'll be at uh, if his fastball gets hit around a little bit. I would say at from here and hearing from Chris Langan about his fastball is really just kind of flat. And if he leaves it over the plate a few too many times, that could lead to some home runs. And then that ERA would be sitting about 3.6. I mean, really good relievers are anywhere from two and a half to one, right? So go off of that metric. Where Diego Castillo's FIP and XERA sit, I don't know at the end of 2023, but I mean, it's, it's sure possible he could have a three, four to three, five ERA. That's where he's been the last couple of seasons. I mean, I'm going to be honest, Brash might not have the best fastball in terms of run value, but I'm sorry, projected 363 ERA, I'm going under that. I mean, he put up like a 235 as a reliever last year, and he was throwing fastballs out of the bullpen. Didn't seem to affect him that much. Yeah, I'm I'm going under. All right. And then Munoz leading, I mean, that doesn't really surprise me. He is, he is unbelievable. It's... I think it'll be closer to two than it'll be to two eight. I think I'm pretty confident in that for Munoz. I would agree. Okay, the last category we have to get to here, and it's a little bit broader in terms of Mariners season projections. Player standouts. Okay, there's a there's a couple guys on here that we tabbed. Gino, Teoscar, Kelnick, Tom Murphy. I don't know if there's one guy you want to talk about specifically or not. I don't like how low they are on Gino. I'm not sure what about Gino's season last year gave them a sense that he is going to regress Miley and jump from a, a 130 WRC plus that he put up last year to a 108 this year. I mean, they really must think his strikeout rate is going to be is going to stay above 30. percent I think Gino could bring it down a little bit uh, for this year, maybe not over 30. So, I mean, that's where my optimism comes from. But they have, Fangraphs says Eugenio Suarez at 209, 302, 413, 28 home runs, two and a half wins above replacement, which if you just look at those two, three numbers on the end, 108 WRC plus 28 home runs, 2.5 wins above replacement. Yeah, okay. But I don't think Gino Suarez is only going to have an on-base percentage of uh, 302. I think that's kind of, that's, that's a little bit low. And a 108 WRC plus, again, if these were betting odds, give me the over. Like, I mean, guy had the second highest WRC plus on the team last year. I don't expect it to drop that much, especially considering toward the end of the year, his strikeout rate did drop. I mean, he started leaving a lot more pitches off the plate and his strikeout rate went down. So there's a world that could go down to the 25% area in 2023. I guess how about Teoscar, oh, go ahead. I, you know, say how about Teoscar Hernandez Lyle? I mean, they have him as a that's a pretty good season, I would say. I mean, again, I always like the on base percentage to be a little bit higher, which I think they might be a little bit low on a slash line in terms of what the Mariners expect. And especially this being a contract year for him as the premier bat in the next year's free agent class. I think he has his, his expectations set a little higher than his projected 253, 308, 462. Uh, 123 WRC plus 29 home runs and two and a half wins above replacement. It is crazy with Machado signing the extension that after Otani, Teoscar really might be the top player on the market next year. I mean, in terms of position players, it's a weak class after Otani. Yeah, the thing about Teoscar is he doesn't walk a whole lot. So 
it's hard for him to ever have a really high on base percentage. I'm I'm with you that I think it should be higher than about 308. I would also think his WRC plus in total can be higher than 123, although that might correlate with a higher on base percentage. I would again this this is another one where I mean if he puts up a 123 WRC plus that's like that's a good year, but it. it I think Fangraphs in general seems to go a little low on their projections. That's what I've always noticed about looking at Zip's projections. They aim low. So I wouldn't be shocked if he outperforms it. Right. A little bit more on the safer side. They're not not out here to make a bold prediction. They're here to set probably the median of of what a good season looks or what a season would look like for him, which fine, right? A median season, I would say, for Teoscar Hernandez would probably be 123. And the last guy on here as we wrap this up. Jared Kelnick, they project him to put up a slash line of 223, 290, 443, a 105 WRC plus, 22 home runs, 1.4 F war, and a 25.4% strikeout rate. Look, again, Fangraphs errs on the side of caution. And to be honest, if this is what Kelnick does this next year, that is an above average season and a real big league player. I, I do think he can be better than that, especially the way he's looked this spring. I don't know why Fangraphs doesn't love his defense, but he is a good defender. So, you know, this is another guy where, again, like you'll take that season to the bank just like you would with the projected year for Teoscar. But again, I I think he can do better. They have him behind Teoscar Hernandez and AJ Pollock in terms of defensive projection, just like really hard to project defense at the beginning of the year but if that's what we're looking at like that's really uh that's really where he at where he's at they 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 project him to have the same wins above replacement as mason mccoy and behind uh colton wong's brother believe it or not which i think they kind of just act as if everyone was playing on the big league roster for an entire season and then and then average it out which okay that's fine i think the biggest part was the strikeout rate 24 and a half percent or sorry, 25.4%, which would be a revelation. That's probably the biggest number. If that number actually gets hit, then I think the Mariners have really done done their job in, in helping Jared Koenig along, and I think he's done a good job of, of really limiting his weakness. Um, and again, if he ends up slugging over 400 this year and knocking 22 home runs, I don't really think, you know, if he does that and puts up plus defense, I really don't think there would be much of a complaint. If he puts up plus defense, which again, I think he will, considering he was really good in the outfield last year when he was playing the corners, he's just not a center fielder. Like his rookie year, he was playing center field and it was kind of a tough go for him. But in the corners, he really profiles well. So like you said, if that's his offensive profile and the good defense, he's probably closer to three wins than he is to a win and a half. So sign me right up for that slash line if that's what he puts up. Although again, he could do better than that. So it'll it'll be pretty fun to see. But is there anything else you kind of want to touch on here? Because I think we've covered I'm, just about all the projections. Yeah, I'm trying to comb and see if there's anyone that I think we might be a little too high on or fan graphs might be, but I don't think so. I mean, they have Tom Murphy. I mean, we could touch on this last line. Tom Murphy playing 78 games this year, which would be really good for the Mariners if they can get Tom Murphy in there uh, and put up 1.8 wins above replacement. That would be uh, that would be a godsend. I mean, I'm not saying I'm down on Tom Murphy, but... For a guy who we haven't seen play in, in a considerable chunk of time in quite a while, they you know they like his offense and his defense. Despite striking out thirty one percent of the time, they still project him ten homers and about two hundred and seventy at bats. That's you know that's pretty good. 
um, a walk rate of about 11%. If he's on the field, he's a perfect second catcher, especially because he crushes lefties, which is the theme of, of a lot of Mariners guys this year. I mean, Murphy's going to hit lefties. Teoscar will hit lefties. Dylan Moore will hit lefties. AJ Pollock will hit lefties. But the question for him is, can he stay on the field? That's the key. If he's on the field, I think he's a perfectly fine second catcher who you can throw in at DH sometimes. And if that's the line he puts up, again, if he plays half the year and and puts up that projected profile, again, that's totally fine with me. Um, it's just so funny with these projections. I mean, they project it all as if they spend all year on the major league roster. Like Zach Deloach is projected to have three ten uh three tenths of a win above replacement this year for the Mariners <laughs> in how many games? How many games? One hundred nine. So. Yeah, it's it's just kind of weird to look at. Uh, it, it, that's why, uh, like, when like ranking it, it's like who's ranked. It's like so when like Colton Wong's brother is ranked ahead of Jared Koenig, it's like oh, it's like we'll we'll put a grain of salt with this. Yeah, look, you and I got to see Zach Deloach win a Cape Cod League batting title live back in 2019. But is he going to be on the M's roster at some point this year? Eh, I'm not so sure. I don't know if I ever saw Zach Deloach get a hit. I don't remember. I don't. Re- I. I think we, pl- I think our team played him once. So I, oh, I, I don't, and I don't remember if he really did anything in that game. To be honest, oh, he absolutely destroyed us when we'd play him. Like he hit a ball in one of our games, which was at our home park in Hyannis. It was like one of the farthest hit balls I saw in the league in my two seasons there. Then again, the team I was calling games for was like historically one of the worst teams in the history of the league, and Deloach <laughs> was just absolutely teeing off on him, but. But yeah, look, I'd love to see him do that with a wood bat in Seattle instead of in Hyannis, but I'm just not so sure we'll see it in 2023 or not. But look, this has been a fun show going through some of these projections. We're doing it because, you know, we thought it'd be a good show to do to kind of divvy up where some of the odds are before the start of the season and, and kind of show where people are looking at the Mariners. But you guys have heard it here first. TJ thinks 91 wins. I said 93 wins. Now, where's the actual total going to be? That's what we're going to have to wait and find out here. But I think that'll just about wrap up this bonus episode in this edition of the Marine Layer Podcast. Thanks, as always, for sticking with us. And thanks for sticking with us for some extra time this week because we thought it'd be a good episode to get in. You guys know the drill by now. You want to listen to the full podcast. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. On social media, we're on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube shorts at Pod. I am really looking forward to the start of the season. We are almost there. We've got a bunch of fun content coming out for when the season starts. We're going to do do a lot more video content. We're going to try to be out in the community. We might have some food reviews coming from the ballpark and maybe some other places as well. We might talk to some fans and do some interviews throughout the year. Like, Go follow our social media accounts because I think we're going to do some pretty cool stuff when the season starts, and we'd love to have you guys along for the ride. So for TJ Matthewson, this is Lyle Goldstein. As always, we thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.